listening to our contestant is Carlos. His friends call him Los. Los? That's right. I, I do tend to explode only when by myself. What's the big deal? That she you touched that? a man's trash can. Bro, right now I'm committing a Schedule 1 felony. Allegedly. <laughs> it's bullshit. It's bullshit. bullshit. He's the mole, dude. <laughs> He's got be. the mole in the face of his cock, dude. He's fucking holding like, like a horse. Mom, you He's are a horrible human being. She's being you know what? Right. Why don't you die from breast cancer or something? <gasps> wow. No, it's a terrible thing to say to wow. That's usually, it's, hey, I'm so-and-so, so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. I'm also a woman. But in the event of an emergency, your regular exit might not be the quickest or safest way out. This emergency exit is painted on. There's no way out. There's no way out. We do it. Oh, that's right. Now is the time to open your mind. In our search for the unknown, who knows what we will find? This is emergency exit. This is episode 79. Today is June 11th, 2018. We are broadcasting to you again from our floating tin can far above the world. We're getting good at that. It's not bad. I am your host, Los. With me, as always, is Nick, the Passion Rider. Hello. And broadcasting live. He's, he's streaming. He's running everything right now. He's the producer, the hard hat, Brandon. The hard hat Mitchell. How you <laughs> doing, buddy? It. I'm here, man. That's right. Welcome to another episode. How are you guys feeling out there? I'm glad that you're with us today on today's show. Nick mm-hmm. brought the Kool-Aid for a special installment of man, Nick Splains. I still feel that's pretty We're doing up. cults with Nick Splains. It's pretty good. I think it's fucked up. It's fucked up. What? Oh, the, the Kool-Aid jokes. Oh, the Breaking joke. the Kool-Aid. Oh, oh. You, now, yes. you're de- now you're declaring that they're bad and t- uh, distasteful? Yeah, I don't know the the South Park algorithm as to when things are funny, but I I don't know if we're well in this are we case. Not there yet? I don't know if we're there yet. Well, we'll have to pl- crunch the numbers and see. Well, either way, I think it's funny, and <laughs> as it seems, we are out of sugar in the tin can. Guys, is Valium and cyanide okay in your Kool Aid? Yeah, I'm fine with it. All right, yeah, I'll take it. He's still not into the jokes. That's fine. <laughs> either way, you guys, we got to do the Brew World Order. Let's go. It's the brew world. Today on Brew World Order, welcome you guys to Brew World Order. Thanks. What are we drinking today, Nick? Uh, we are drinking Love Street by Carbach. Carbach Brewing Company, that's right. It's a cold style Which blonde, huh? Makes me think. Uh, there's a Doors song called Love Street. How does it go? Sing a little bit for us. Well, she lives on Love Street. Okay, great. Great great singing, my man. That's uh, <laughs> my Morrison impression. All right. Let me tell you guys a little bit about this beer. First of all, I said it's a Kolsch-style blonde, which is a blonde. Uh, I think that's what you prefer, Jessica. Yeah. So he yeah. calls these Jessica mm-hmm. L's here. Uh, I'm referring to a hard hat over there. Yeah. Jessica, Jessica. Jessica L's. Because, because they're blonde. Last yeah. week, yeah, yeah. and most Jessica. If you guys were listening, you guys would get the joke. Anyways, uh, alcohol by volume, four point nine percent. It's a. We haven't even cracked it open yet, but I'm going to read what says right here on the can. In the 1960s, Allen's Landing sat Love Street, 
a hotspot of music and social impact. The venue hosted eccentric, uh, eclectic, did I, <laughs> eclectic <laughs> characters. <laughs> I gotta take my glasses off to see this better. Ranging from open micers to the Lizard King himself. Ah, see? Oh, the Lizard King. How about that? You huh? called it, huh? Uh, Lizard King being, of course, uh, Jim Maury. Morrison. Yeah, Jim Maury. I, that's what I call Jim him. Maury. Yeah. You guys go You're way back. We go way him. back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Love Street was not only a place, but a state of mind. Oh, of course Jesus. it was. A place to unwind <laughs> and let the music refresh your soul. That's nice. Likewise, Love Street is a state of mind. It's also a beer. But it's brewed in the cold style and hopped delicately with floral German hops. This beer boasts a clean malt profile that refreshes to the core without mm-hmm. sacrificing character. So, crack one open and find your own love street. I'm going to do as the beer said. So, here we go. Let's try it out, you guys. Ah, I guess you guys opened yours already. Okay. He's going to open it right now. All right. Cheers, y'all. All right. Were you sitting there pondering? I was reading. Oh, Thanks. he's reading some more. What are we reading? I don't know that we can reach. We can do it. Get out of the Get way, that. most. All right. Don't Here we go. Ruin the electronics. All right. Let's take a tri- let's take a sip. Hmm. Weird. Okay. It's not as refreshing <laughs> as I thought it'd be. For a for a package that says crisp this many times, I, didn't I figured get any it would crisp. be more crisp, more citrusy as well. well I think it, it finished dull. quite well. Oh, okay. Well, why don't you go ahead and uh, give us your, your rating? Yeah, why don't you go first then, Mr. Fancy Your fans. thoughts on this I beer. Mean, do you hard give, I'll give you the solid rating right now. I'm going to give it a solid five. Five out of five. Wow. That's it. Wait a minute. This guy's drunk. There's no way you can just start saying five right out of the bat. Yeah. Sure Dude, I've, I've been on a Love Street kick for probably the last uh, four or five weeks. This has been the only beer in my house. Really? Since then. Yeah. It's, and this it's is something a five-star five beer? Yeah. When I get home from work after a long day, this is what I want. A Love Street? Love now, Street in the shower, of course, right? See, this is where we vary. <laughs> I even did the Love Street in the shower. Yeah. It's oh. it's great. Like, the shower beer. All right, take it easy. It's great. It's all right, but it's such a waste of water, and that's what I have a problem How? with. Well, you don't have to stay in there until you finish the beer. No, but I'm, if I'm going to stand in there and drink a beer, I'm not going to have a fucking sip. I'm going to finish <sighs> the goddamn beer. I mean, I take it in there, and if it's not finished, I bring it back out of the shower with me and continue drinking the beer. Yeah, but the whole time you're drinking in the beer, it just seems like you're... Uh, Los, I, I got it, man. I got it. I got it. Your finger's oh. in the way. <laughs> well... Um, like you're just wasting water, man. Like, chug one before the shower, get in the shower, and then have your whiskey right there when you get out. That's well, a man's way. It's a man's way. It it's your way. lovely story. All right. <laughs> Uh, where were we? So you are saying five you guys out are giving of five. me flack for giving it a five. I mean, I'm I wasn't just giving, giving you any shit. flack. I'm just giving you flack for shower beers. So uh, I want you at least to describe it, but you actually talked about how you love it. You've been drinking it a lot. Yeah. So now you can say that's a five out of five. That's right. Is that what you're trying to do? That is what I'm trying to do. There is your five out of five. That's right. Dude, it's very rare sparkles. for him. I think the only other one he did do that too is a, can you, do you know? The power and light. Power I feel like light. it would have been a power and life. Uh, and Carbach actually is a. It was due to that that I started Carbock drinking Power and Light. Uh, this well, is in Houston. Power and Light's Independence. Uh, right, and that's uh, Austin. So this happens right. to be a Houston beer. Houston beer. So keep your eyes up, Coach, when coach, you move to Houston. Soon. Go for Carbach. There you are, <laughs> uh, Nick. What do you think? Um, it's again. I don't. I don't find it as crisp as I guess I thought it was going to be, but it's still really good. I like blondes more than ambers. Okay. Um, 
more myself, but uh, I, I could have a few of these. You can have a few I of them. Could, I could see myself having more than one of these, guys. What's it, what's it taste like? Um, you can take a sip there. Roll it around on the tongue a bit. I don't really get any citrus. I don't know. There's no citrus. I definitely don't taste any citrus. Um, Which is fine. It does. It is very floral, and they're made with uh, floral German hops, so you get more. Yeah. Uh, it's more of an aromatic. Uh, yeah, taste it does there. seem to be aromatic. Not necessarily taste. a light, as in like a light beer, but it it doesn't have as much. Uh, it doesn't like have a, as heavy of a taste to it. I feel. Yeah. You know, it, like I don't think it's going to weigh you down. I, I actually think the reverse of that. Uh, go ahead and. Uh, um, but I would this? give it. I would give this. I'd give it a solid four. Solid four. Not bad. All right. There's your this four one right four. there. Okay. As for me, I was uh, I was feeling that it's more darker tasting. You know, if you wouldn't get a look at it, like all that floral makes it a complex tasting. Definitely not really citrusy. And I don't think this is something I would drink uh, too much. Uh, it's not as light as I thought that a golden or a golden blonde would be. I think a golden blonde, I think... Like a Corona or something. Um, it's not a ale, I guess. I, it is an it's ale. It's a completely different style of yeah. beer. Yeah. I guess I'm confused by the blonde thing there, but I do love Amber's best. That being said, I'm going to give this one a solid four. All right. And that's solid right. Four. And that's the Brew World Porter. Right on. If you guys have a beer out there you want us to taste, it doesn't have to be from Texas. As long as we can it's get it out here. World. Get it out here. We'll give it a shot. Can you send beer in the mail? I don't. Maybe. Sure. Send us some beer yeah, in the send mail. Send us some beer. We uh, would love that. Give us an email at emergency exit podcast at yeah. gmail, and uh, we'll give you an address to send it to if you want to do that. It's a PO box. It's a. P- it's not a PO box. Well, it's. Uh, well, maybe he has a PO box. One of those PO boxes. <laughs> uh, so before we get into the main topic today, uh, let's talk about something that happened over the weekend. A lot happened over the weekend. So I got to film a movie. You got to film a movie. That's right. Well, Tell one us about scene, that. One, one scene of a movie. They were doing... Um, That's still a movie. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Scene uh, of a movie. We, we played in uh, Midlothian, Texas, which is like a little bit south of Dallas-Fort Worth. You know, sort of like where the... There's so many where different... Where the split is? A little bit, because that's at Hillsboro, but it's, so it's like a little bit north of that. So no matter which way you take the split, you still got to like travel into the middle... But it's, oh, I see. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. In, yeah, in that area. Right. So we were playing there Saturday night, and then Sunday a local, like low budget, uh, film crew was coming in. So they asked us to leave all our stuff set up and be the p- band performing in the background of this bar scene. Was this a paying gig? No, they didn't pay us for shit. Was TJ what paying you? We didn't even like they were. We were like, do you need a, a song over and over each take? Like they didn't even <laughs> tell us when they were taking or cutting. Like they were just going, and we just goofed off they said the audio wouldn't matter oh which makes no sense because then they also said that we were too loud because they couldn't pick up the dialogue so i'm like that means the audio does matter uh all audio matters right so i really but the movie is called blonde jane blonde (laughs) so it's so it's a it's a spoof Okay. Well, we look forward in, forward to it in theaters yeah, this I, winter. I offered, because they were doing a fight scene, so I offered to, you know, take a flying kick off the stage. And start oh, really? Beating up. So I was like, you know, if somebody needs kicked, I'm your guy. They make, did they make you... And uh, they just go, no. Like, they didn't even entertain the idea. They just, wow, they couldn't no. They couldn't even, like, write you in? Like, well, hey, this guy wants to get kicked. Or at least, like, oh, ha, 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 you're funny or something, you know, placate the idiot. No, just... 
Just a real cold, sudden shot down. By a low low budget movie? By a low budget director Fuck, man, that, with that a hurts. handheld camera. Like they didn't even have a full camera crew oh, or shit. anything. Wow. The director was holding the camera and doing all of it. So Oh man. Did you have to sign up for the union? Actors union? No, we just signed <laughs> the a screenwriters we, guild. We had to sign a waiver. <laughs> a release. A re- yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 of course. yeah, yeah. That's really, all right. If you make any money with my image, you can go ahead and keep it. That's basically what you uh, released yourself right. to. Uh, besides so, that, that sounds awesome, so that man. Was, yeah. Sounds like fun. Um, but, uh, that was on Sunday? That was Sunday, yeah. Yeah, so on Saturday, Yesterday. or no, Friday. Yeah, Friday. Friday. You were playing out here in uh, Austin area. You went yeah. and played in Round Rock at the Long Branch Saloon. Correct. Uh, I went with uh, your your wife, and we went yeah. up there and the had a good time, man. It was fucking great. You guys are fucking sounding good. Well, it was all right. I was always telling the sound guy to... Give me more Nick, man. There's no, uh, <laughs> there's no haystack here doing some right. other leads, man. Turn this fucker up. And he's like, hey, what do you, what do you think now? I'm like, yeah, keep going. <laughs> keep going. <laughs> it was cool. Turn it to 10. And so you guys are playing out. a sure. bunch of covers, and you guys decided to play a George Strait song, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't really know. I didn't know who it was or whatever. And then out of nowhere, I look over I to my – I'm standing in the middle. Um, trying to get both uh, like a stereo sound, you know. So I'm standing in the middle of the thing. Uh, a little bit back, maybe about uh, 10, 15 feet uh, behind the stage or in front of the stage. And this fight breaks out to the left of me. I look over. Boom. This guy's just, this one guy's sitting down, the other one just fucking big, foom, 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 just putting his hip into it, dude. Foom, gra, gra. We're like, holy fucking. The guy was holding a cigarette, so you see, uh, like, cigarette ash and. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit. I was actually flying. kind of impressed by that because he landed four or five punches with that cigarette in his mouth. That's right. Brandon the Hard Hat was there with us. Yeah, too. I made an appearance out there. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, uh, they, something need fixing out there, and so I showed up with my hard hat and vest. Right. Yeah, yeah. And they found out they Fix didn't need shit. anything, so he's like, so all right, I'll stuck stick around, around for the music. Have a beer. Yeah. And, <laughs> excuse me, that's some of the Love Street coming up and saying hello. Love Street, yeah. Uh, anyways, <laughs> so the fight starts getting closer to me, man, and I don't know. Something turned on, and I fucking grabbed, grabbed one of the guys and tried to get him out of the way. And the guy that I grabbed was someone that was jumping on top of the other guy that initially started the fight. It's and like already trying to break it up. Or he something? was already trying to break it up, or like he was trying to punch him or back up his buddy. And I pulled him off, and I was like, I was trying to hold him back, and he was like ready to hit me. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And he realized I'm trying to just. De-escalate the situation as well And the guy takes off running or whatever And we're standing there going Holy fuck and next thing you know TJ Broskov's playing (laughs) That was amazing I was very entertained by that And he's like you guys done with this uh, With this queer fighting shit Let's get it going here And uh, that was a pretty Pretty exciting part of my weekend, I tell you what. Hey, Los, I was really impressed by your uh, reaction in that because my first reaction was Get like, the fuck out of I'm going to step back because I'm waiting for the gun or the knife to come out. Right. <laughs> but I uh, no, I mean, you, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is, like, it is I, Texas. That's why, like, I don't, in my mind, I'm like, oh, that's great. You know, you did, you know, you I helped wasn't them there out, to fight. I was there definitely just to pull people apart from yeah. each other. But I, like, just seriously, it just could be the, the times, but I was like, just wait for the gun. That would have like, been that would have been sweet. And we'd have a better story, wouldn't we? Oh, we would. It, I mean, Bulls it would. Uh, hey, welcome well, to emergency it would be exit. Lost died over the weekend. Yeah, right. <laughs> There's your news. We got the news with bleep and Nick. Just bleep him out. <laughs> <laughs> we don't say his name anymore. Oh man, so right yeah, that was great. That was fun. Uh, and I wanted to say, yeah, I, 
I was a target security cop for a while, and I've had to do some confrontations before like that and run after people. And oh yeah, felt mm. like that was uh, getting back into that. I was like, yeah, yeah. my yeah. target days, <laughs> my, my old target <laughs> days. I wore handcuffs. I was I was legally able. I to had ha- no idea that targets needed security we have yeah have you been are you kidding me we're here to um if i was i could i would have been able to get if i was able to get a gun i can carry a gun okay yes because i was gonna ask are you guys security or asset protection asset protection your asset protection the gun yeah they add the security can uh, legally hold guns i mean if i was to get a gun i wouldn't have to carry it on well well well, the the breakdown with that in the law is that i think it's like when 51 percent of your staff carries Weapons, it becomes security. Whereas if not, it's asset protection. So it's and I am purely just assets. semantics. That's it's semantics. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyways, that, that was uh, make me relive some of my days breaking up fights, saving the tear. When I was a kid in uh, elementary school, I was in conflict resolution club. Wow, I was in conflict resolution club, but that was usually because I had just gotten into a fight. I've only gotten in like two fights at school. We guys. didn't have, and I don't know. When I was in elementary school, we did, we didn't we didn't have any of that. In my day, you didn't have any fights? Not really. I mean, I I saw when I first saw my very first Van Damme movie. It was a magical moment, and I went to school the next day and tried to practice my kicks and headbutts on a kid. <laughs> that didn't work too well, huh? Well, no, I sucked at it, and uh, he laughed, and that was kind of the end of that. But that was about <laughs> that was all all the fighting we had at Beloit Elementary School. Uh, that was it. That was Beloit. the most they had seen in the last 50 years. Yeah. Which will be on the test it's, when we uh, put that test up for you it's guys. It's now immortalized in from? statue form out in front of the school. <laughs> Here's where that one idiot tried to split kick. <laughs> tried to roadhouse that kid. <laughs> he was oh, trying to roadhouse. <laughs> I was trying to blood sport him, and I just saw blood sport, and I was like, this is the most amazing thing oh, I've see, ever that's, seen in my that's life. That's where you fucked up. You need to see roadhouse first. Well, that's not Van Damme. Well, yeah, yeah, but it's not Van Damme, dude. the roundhouse kick, because then you just, well, you're just hey, kicking people. Now you're trying to kill people. Van Damme had a whole lot of roundhouse kicks in that movie. In fact, he did three of them in succession to take down Chon Lee at the end. Speaking of things that you're, like, familiar <laughs> with, uh, th- when I was listening back to our episode and all the stuff, all the literally slow stuff like this, like, he got that, and, and he made this thing, like, I've watched uh, Sly Stallone so much that, like, <laughs> I got that fucking, oh, yeah, that, I can <laughs> understand anyone who do- talks like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dude, no more. <laughs> and I couldn't believe that. That shit was so funny. If you guys uh, liked our games episode uh, yesterday with Lemon, uh, that wasn't the week. full games episode. Yesterday. That was uh, Aliza Lamb. Yes. What's your thoughts on that? That was pretty funny. All right, so let's get into our main topic today. All welcome, right. welcome, everyone that's listening online and. Uh, People at home and at work. <coughs> Excuse me. Gosh, oh, damn that it. sounds really good in my ear holes. Yeah, I should. Uh, <laughs> we should edit that out. Um, let's edit point. Yeah, let's talk Love about Street's fault. Let's talk about. Uh, right, let's go from Jim Morrison and Love Street to uh, Jim Jones. That's let's right. Change our gyms. So we got another installment of Nick Explains Cults Edition. <laughs> That's right. All right. Thank you. Uh, so, our loyal listeners remember a while ago we did the religion versus cult episode. That's right. And found out there's not really a difference. I'm, in lo- I'm a loyal listener. Um, but we also mentioned how we were going to start covering cults and comparing them to the religion that they are uh, claiming, you know, or right. whatever. 
So we decided to start with, I think, one of the most well-known, <clears throat> definitely one of the most fucked up things. God damn it. Jonestown. That is right. Uh, so where do you even fucking start with this? Well... Do you want, like, an eerie bed for it? No. Right. Maybe not yet. <laughs> not yet. Yeah. <laughs> Save it. So... James Warren Jones is this guy's name. Warren Jones. Born in 1931. So he's around shit. for all that shit. 1931. He was growing up, uh, he was really weird, like all the people that knew him as a kid. Like he would hold funerals for his animals and like would even kill pets to hold funeral services for them in his backyard and shit. Which is, you know, when you're killing animals as a kid, that's first sign of a serial killer. So we should have uh, known yeah. that right away. He Dexter was a, was a was a animal killer. He was a huge fan of Hitler. And, huge fan? How do you know that? Uh, there was a lot of people talking. Like, he loved Hitler and Stalin. And he, was, like, would study them and find out what he thought were their weak points so he could he I did read something that he's a, he's a very dedicated, uh, dedicated socialist. Yes. So that makes sense. Um, but somehow none of this, like raised any flags um and so i knew that jonestown his his own religion he started was was an offshoot of christianity but i was like i was like how did he get into this how did he start it so he was ordained i made took some screenshots here so he was ordained in the uh, as a priest in the disciples of christ which is a protestant sect and they have like a college for priests or something the Disciples of Christ? No, that's the name. That's the name of their uh, their group. Whatever, like... He became ordained through as a As a priest in that, in cool. that right. sect. Um, so they celebrate the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper? Yeah, which... Well, like the Last Supper, I assume? That's what I was thinking. That was um, Jesus' Last Supper. I don't know. Right, the Lord's Supper, yeah. The Lord's Supper. And they're Disciples of Christ, right? So they're like thinking they're still His disciples or whatever. Uh, the congregation sing hymns... Old and New Testament of scripture, uh, you know, fairly standard stuff. But they don't. Um, I don't like. I don't see anything that separates them from just general Christianity, really. Yeah, so, that's what I got the impression. They're just like Christians. I don't know. So devout. Very yeah. So they call themselves disciples of Christ, and he got ordained in that. Uh, but then, as I read more into it, well, he was. Growing up, he wasn't even a religious guy. His dad was an abusive alcoholic, a member of the KKK. And that a bitch. dad is definitely a bitch, sir. So Jim Jones got interested in the Communist Party of USA. Uh, United commie, States Communist fucking Party. Commies. And he was attending meetings, like a part of it for years, and uh, kept getting frustrated how people were... Like publicly ostracizing communists, and we had the McCarthy hearings going on. You know where the Red Scare and everybody was communist, and communist was the worst thing ever. And he just thought it was. I'd, ba- I'd rather be dead than red. Yeah, and he just apparently thought it was really unfair when communism was so wonderful, and um, wow. So he wanted a way to, as he put it, better demonstrate his Marxism. Yeah, it's that fucking Marxism. Yeah, God a, dang it. So. Uh, a Methodist district superintendent helped get him into the church, knowing he was a communist, but still was like, yeah, why don't you come come here and join the church? We and need some more seats. Uh, we need some more asses well, in the apparently, seats. Apparently, we don't care if you're communist or not. Just We, we need people Did, here. But he made that known, though, right? He, he, yeah, he was not quiet about his, his love of communism Jesus and support of those Christ. guys. So 
he became a student pastor in the Methodist Church before becoming or getting into this Protestant the disciples, you know, when he got officially ordained. Um, he left the Methodist Church when they barred him from integrating blacks into his congregation. He wanted to have... He wanted blacks in, but they, they didn't said, want no, that. no, we can't have that. This is... It's one good thing about the guy. This is Midwest in the 50s. We don't have... How dare you? So he, he did He did a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, he was very, very in, right. in, integrated. Like, he was mm-hmm. all... He preferred to sit with, like, when you went to the hospital... Shippo, if we listen to the end would, of this he story... He was, a, like, would stay in the, <laughs> in the, yeah. in the black wing. Spoiler alert. Right. Spoiler alert. Um, he wasn't so good. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, anyway, so he got left to Methodist Church because they didn't want to do that, did the Protestant thing, and... Uh, What's he look like at this stage? He kind of looks like an Elvis with sort uh, of like a got the big sideburns a bit. Yeah, sort of Elvis, kind of like if, if, if Elvis hair. was having an allergic reaction and was kind of swollen up in the face, that would or later years Elvis when he was just swollen up in the face. Yeah, just old Elvis, <laughs> older Elvis, right? Um, he wore these like aviator style gra- glasses, yeah. but not like mm-hmm. flat ones, but ones that kind of curved, curved and had the, the like they got lighter at the bottom or something. Oh yeah, like so they yeah the fading ones. Fading what do they call ones? those ones? Uh, whatever I, I, they're called. I just Some sort of transition. A gradient, yeah. a, a gradient. Yeah, just there you go. I always thought that those look like cocaine dealer sunglasses. Like yeah. you see anybody wearing those, like you do a lot of cocaine. And you well, know, it's usually accompanied with the Hawaiian shirt. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And uh, Larry David would say only two types of people wear glass sunglasses inside. And what are those? Blind people and assholes. <laughs> and, and I don't see him ever with a. He might have been blind. Dog. No, he can see. Anyways, yeah, he so 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 he started. He got ordained and started his own thing so he could uh, have blacks in his congregation. And uh, he went to a faith healing service at, at the Seventh Day Baptist Church. Faith healing service. A faith healing. You know the ones where they put their hands on you and speak gibberish and you ah, rise from the back of your head and all of a sudden you ah, don't have chlamydia are, anymore or those whatever. Those are the best oh, ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he was there and he was like, holy shit, this brings in a lot of people and this lot of people brings in a lot of money. And that's like what, what clued him in. So at no point was he ever actually religious or in this because of his beliefs or he was actually a Christian at all in any way. He just... He saw straight money. It was straight for money and power and a way to get his his communist message out there. So he started wow. holding his own Jesus. religious conventions and raised enough of a a crowd and money to start his own the People's Temple. And that's where it, Remember that you guys, yeah, the, the People's, People's Temple. Temple. That is what you need to remember and, about uh, this episode. He like among was, other things utilizing the media, doing a bunch of interviews like he was very vocal and wanted as much of a name out there for himself as possible. He's very charismatic. He was he was like Even though I just doing the Peter Townsend thing like come on him to have a not that kind of a voice. I don't know. I'd seen all the pictures and stuff and heard about how charismatic he was. Very you listen to him talk. He's like got a high-pitched lispy voice. You got to like talk what, what cover up your teeth when you talk like yeah i think you're you're still giving them too much i'm giving them too much so (laughs) bravado well we'll listen to him a a little bit later we got some clips for him um so anyway he was getting very high profile he was integrating which was pissing people off he would write to (laughs) american nazi leaders and uh would expose like he set up sting operations to expose white only businesses and restaurants 
He sounds like a social, a social justice Shit. warrior I right mean, now. There, there are and some good things. And so he was what? doing all this. He adopted. Good. He made sure to do, adopt diverse kids. He called it his rainbow family. Okay. So. All right. So this I, guy's, uh, he's all about the races, man. Yeah. Yeah. He loves them all. Except all, for whites. How all about of that? Them. Uh, well, it's, he doesn't hate whites. He just hates whites that only like whites. Oh, well. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, um, how can you uh, dislike that? I guess when you have an abusive alcoholic, white supremacist dad, that would. Yeah, you don't want. Um, yeah. So anyway, they started getting daddy issues, threats, and they were <laughs> vandalizing his temple and his home and shit. Like, yeah. So they were fucking with him a lot too much. Those guys do drag uh, gay people by chains. Well, so, yeah, yeah, you know, and yeah. They are pretty evil people. They like spray painted swastikas on the front door. Hey, of the you temple guys talking about me? Like that. Hey no, guys. Jeff. No, Jeff. No, 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 okay, no. I'll be right over here. So anyway. Go back to the corner, Jeff. When Indianapolis, Indiana was getting too hardcore for them, he told his congregation that there was going to be a nuclear war. Wait, wait. So when he told them Indianapolis, Indiana was getting too hardcore. Yeah. Because yeah. that place is so right. out of control. Yeah. Well, you can't well, be the, hardcore unless you live in hardcore. the 60s, apparently. <laughs> it was. Yeah. So anyway, he told everybody there was going to be a nuclear war on July 15th, 1967, and the only spot safe is Northern California and the Redwoods. Oh, so he did an end-of-the-world scenario to these guys. So then he up, uprooted everything, moved to Northern California, and took everybody, and that was then the separation. So they didn't have their own homes, their own families anymore. Then it was all, you're all in with Jim Jones now. He's oh, working the dentist yeah. system. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> um, so then he really started putting more communism and socialism into his sermons. He called it apostolic socialism. You know, like apostles. Mm-hmm. But uh, he criticized the Bible uh, and Christianity. Apostolic. Uh, apostolic. Apostolic socialism? Yep. What does that mean? I need to look this up. Well, it's like socialism. The, it's like, uh, the demo- government will it's be like democratic a, socialism, right? Well, but... F- if you're apostles, that's uh, <laughs> religious, not governmental as much. It just seems like a like a religious based government. Yeah, you know, entity. Well, he's because he's I don't know, not actually a religious man. I think he's just trying to tie it in somehow. Yeah, yeah, because he wants that tax break. Exactly. Uh, so he would always cut down the Bible and Christianity. Claim while uh, Christianity was bullshit, but yet he also made claims that he was a reincarnation of Jesus sometimes, or Buddha, or Gandhi, or for no fucking reason. He also once said he was the reincarnation of V.I. Lenin. Oh, really? (laughs) Shut the fuck up, Donnie. So how that ties in with Buddha and Jesus and Gandhi, I have no fucking idea. Hey, you gotta find some way to have power um, over your followers. Yeah, so apostolic socialism. He said, those who remain drugged with the opiate of religion had to be brought to enlightenment, which is socialism. And he preached that if you're born in capitalist America, racist America, fascist America, then you're born in sin. But if you're born in socialism, you're not born in sin. Uh, now, story aside here that we're talking about, that that's, sounds like what's going on here. We don't want to get too much into politics, but I feel like that sounds like what's kind of – people are Jim Jonesing out there to us to right now. <laughs> Anyways, go on. I just what I'm feeling right we're now. Right. Jim Jones. We don't have to get uh, political. So – he, people loved it. Like, he started growing and growing, opened new temples. He had them all the way, like, as far as south as L.A. So pretty much the entire state of California had temples from them. They set up their hub in San Francisco where they made friends with Harvey Milk. Oh, the, that, uh, yeah. Because at, at the time. At the time, he was, he was just the guy that wanted all races to live together and 
I mean, he had communism, but uh, I guess they didn't think he was fucking insane. Just he was like, the, let's all <laughs> let's all live communally and love everybody. Mm-hmm. Sort of almost hippie like. I'm trying to look uh, up more stuff about this socialism. Uh, pop up. Uh, say that again. A pop. I got apostolic. it. Apostolic. Uh, socialism here. All right. So anyway, IRS started investigating him. You know, are you real enough of religion to be? Of course. You in this tax break that you're saying? So they're not tax free yet, right? I don't think they ever were. No. No. So they're not recognized. IRS was coming after him for taxes. Media was getting on him for being openly communist, and saying. Uh, in public, he was sad that he wasn't able to visit the People's Republic of China and Soviet Union. So it was like, well, man, maybe you're not such a nice fucking guy. Um, and so in the summer of 1977, he took several hundred members of the temple and moved to a compound he'd secretly been building for years <laughs> in, in uh, is it Guyana? Guyana. Guyana. I always want to overpronounce the U, right? Or the A. Anyway, so yeah, he'd been doing this our agricultural project down there, but it turned out, no, it was just a giant fucking commune he'd been building so he could escape. Uh, get away from the press, get away from... How did he end up paying for that? Just from the donations for all the money that everybody Yeah, had he given has him? a oh. lot of fucking money. He was Damn. very, very wealthy. Well, one thing we've learned on this show is religion pays. Yes, religion definitely pays. Especially when you're a cult status and can convince people to give everything they own to you, it's, uh, instead of just now, a portion like. We'll Titan. take a step out of uh, out of uh, Jonestown for just a quick moment. Do you believe Scientology is a cult? Absolutely, yeah. We discuss that by the. I mean, by pure definition, I kind of think is. that all religions are. Well, if you honestly, think that, we can't get any. Well, like, it re- but. Okay, I guess if you use that argument, we we got we're at a standstill. But okay, go ahead, <laughs> go ahead with the with the report. Uh, no, I would, well, if you use that argument, I can't argue against you. I'm not trying to say that it's an actual religion, but like, yeah, it is a religion at this point, um, whether it's a cult or not. And but you use that idea, and by definition, yeah, most religions, uh, if the majority thinks that it's uh, a kooky thing, then it's uh, that's and where it's a cult that's, that's where the line is for cult. Uh, um, and we're at a point where we're seeing a lot of people that don't have faith and they're saying like, oh yeah, Christianity's bullshit. I mean, I know it's bullshit. We've talked to Richard Carrier. We, right. ha- we own his books. That's they're right. signed by him, by his hand. His, his hand. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we might've cut his hand I off and wrote it ourselves. But <laughs> I don't know about you guys. <laughs> yeah, he still has the hand, he said. And it's like only got three more wishes left. Oh, well, actually, after, after, well, paw, after yeah. last night, only uh, one. What have you been doing with the hand? Once it's out of once it's out of wishes, he can use it better. Well, you have to use that last uh, one. You know, we've all heard of this, the move, the stranger. This is just one step oh, up. Oh, gross! All right. Okay. So anyway, so he moved a bunch of people. <laughs> well, what was the uh, the hand from Adam's family? The thing. thing. The thing. Yeah, getting thinged. His name was Chris Cr- Chris Hart. Chris Cagle. Chris Hart. He was a magician, by the oh, way. Oh, and he did the. He was the, for the movies or for the old TV show? Old TV show. Ah, okay. Oh. And the movies. Weren't they the same guy? Yeah. I don't sure, know. why not? It's, it's pro- they molded his hands. His name is Christopher Hart. Look him up if you're interested. If All not, right. fuck off. Okay, so <laughs> moved <laughs> South America, said he was cr- <clears throat> the, the commune was to create both a socialist paradise and a sanctuary from media scrutiny. We are, we are the purest communists there are, he says. 
Yeah, you know, and I... Purist I, communists. Turn me down just a little bit. You know, this is what I want for all the socialists out there. I want you guys to start your own commune in uh, South in Africa. No, it's South America, South actually. America. I want you to go to Guyana and start your own commune. And uh, I don't want you to kill everyone that follows you because that's, that's harsh. But um, I want you to see what socialism is really like. This is what uh, we see about socialism. So go ahead, man. Okay. So... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just like yes. he sounds like uh, Bill Cosby. Oh, no, yes. I'm not doing that again. <laughs> so members weren't allowed to leave because uh, apparently, as he says, communist countries don't have emigration. Like nobody leaves. Mm. That's fucked up. So he doesn't let anybody leave his his commune, oh, and man. his drug habit was becoming much more apparent. What, you, what, what was, was his, his drug, drug choice? Everybody was well aware <laughs> it was definitely cocaine. I was, <laughs> oh well, that goes back to the glasses. That's why I know. <laughs> yeah, um, the, the glasses. The, yep, that giveaway. So because worst case, you you've got a little place to make your lines. Does he have a longer pinky? Uh, pinky right. Nail? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. But so everybody started noticing, um, like his, his drugs were getting bad. He started preaching instead of about, hey, we're all we're great communists and we get along and we're whatever. He started talking about the translation which is where he and his followers would all die together and move to another planet where they could live blissfully. Sounds pretty so sweet, So a lot man. like Heaven's Gate with that secret spaceship behind the Hale-Bopp comet. Like, <laughs> when you die, that's when you go to another plane of existence. And they would actually practice it. They had things called White Nights. They practiced the suicide? They would, they would whip, uh, like, he'd make the batch of Flavor Aid. Not poisoned, just have it. And tell everybody it, it was poisoned. Was and it Flavor Aid or was it Kool Aid? Because I don't know that they have H E B over there. It was Flavor Aid. <laughs> it was grape Flavor Aid. Actually, I think it was. You know, that's you know. I wanted they found, to bring this they found up all too. the empty packets. Um, I did want to wait for uh, for a little bit, but since we brought up the Kool Aid thing, I, that's kind of a cheap way to go out. No, we're we're getting ahead of ourselves. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, let's right. wait for it. So anyway, so they would actually work. On, they would do this. Every once in a while, you'd say, we're having a white night, and everybody knew that they had to go through. And he would tell them it was sounds poisoned, white. even it when sounds, it wasn't. So they were very white supremacist-like. Right, for a guy that's so not that. But it wasn't white night like K and no, 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 like, no. like a purity kind of thing? It's a white night like Probably a like that, yeah. Regular night. Okay. Yes, like evening. N-I-T-E, the proper spelling. Right. <laughs> uh, so this was going in... in uh, I mean, I think that his whole facade had broken, and everybody was aware that he was not. At least some. Until you were looking at me like, you're, I thought you were going to say something. No, no, no. I'm like getting into what you're oh, saying. Oh, yeah, yeah. So here's where the shit hit the fan. Oh, it it the all shit went south. is hitting the fan. I wish I had a, sh- uh, a fan sound. And like shit a splatter? <laughs> there it is right there. So Ooh, towards the end of 1977... Um, the temple deflectors, some people who had left the temple, but I don't think any that had moved down. Some because not everybody moved to South America. Some stayed in California. Did they keep their uh, their commute there or something? Yeah, because there were still some of them after this all went down. Like it was still a, a thing, you know. That the people's well, temple still doesn't the Heaven's Gate have a, an active Twitter account? Probably. Don't they have a, I think so. Yeah. Dog. <laughs> anyway, so some of the deflectors, led by a man named Tim Stowen, Stowen, they formed the Concerned Relatives Group, claiming you know they have people that are trapped in Georgetown because it was outside of Georgetown with the commune that he named Jonestown, but okay, so Georgetown, yeah, yeah. Guyana. 
Um, and uh, they caught the attention of Congressman Leo Ryan, who Leo started Ryan. working with the uh, the Conserved Relatives Group. Remember that name. And started speaking with the Guyanese Prime Minister about this group of people that are there. Um, also during this, Tim Stowen had filed a lawsuit against Jim Jones over the custody of his son. Because Jim Jones has his son on the compound Steven. and claims that it's his mm-hmm. when it's actually Tim's. However... The mother had signed over the rights, like let Jim Jones legally be the the guardian or oh, adopt him essentially. So Tim up. didn't really have a case. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was going on. He also somebody had escaped from the compound and worked with the concerned relatives group, and they put together a whole list of crimes and human rights violations by Jim Jones. And so which, this, which were what were some of them like? Uh, I I didn't read the whole list. I'm sorry. Oh, I mean the impri- I the imprisonment and well, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm sure technically kidnapping. Yeah, for sure. For, yeah. Uh, telling everybody, hey, we're all doing a mass suicide like once a month or however long it was. <laughs> uh, taking kids. I mean, he like would claim them as his own. Um, I mean, he had nine children of his like actually fathered nine children, but nine children. Adopted a fuckload, or would just take them from his people. Guy's getting his fucking working his dick around town, my man. Yeah, he also claimed that everybody is actually gay. He's the only true heterosexual. <laughs> wow. <in the> world. <laughs> All right. Um, so anyway, uh, this the the list of crimes and the whole child custody lawsuit was enough. So Leo Ryan, Congressman Leo Ryan, being one of the few congressmen, is like, I'm actually going to go out and do stuff. Like he's very hands on. He took a group of people down there in November of 1978. Uh, they would just went on a fact-finding mission to see what's really fucking happening in Jonestown. Uh, it had some relatives of Temple uh, members. They had an NBC camera crew and various newspaper reporters. So on November 17th, they were welcomed by Jones. They had a, he had a reception out in the pavilion. Had a, you know. Just trying to put on the put up put the front that like, hey, this is no, this is great. Everybody's happy. Yeah, everybody wants awesome. to be here by their free right. free choice. And so, but it it, it seemed okay. Like it was all, he almost pulled it off until somebody's handed. Los has a clip of this. We're gonna play, but someone handed the congressman a note asking. Oh, you're already there. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was a very very. <coughs> crazy part of the story right. I, I thought we were going to spend a little bit more time talking to more about the congressman coming in there but the well, congressman yeah, they, like they flew into an airport fairly close by and then got in a limousine and came ready. and like they were wined and dined and shown everything but then people were handing notes like being really secretive asking hey when you leave can you take us with you we There's want the handing fuck the out notes of here. to the senator there's some the great reenactment yeah. documentaries out there that like puts you right there and like um, someone he someone dropped him a note or gave him, tried to give this guy a note and he picked it up and said oh you dropped something because he didn't quite make his hand right and then some kid was all like I don't know if this was actually part of it but it was a good reenactment the kid was going he handed him a note he handed him a note and you everyone's like whoa what and the security guys the guy Guyana natives or whatever that become the security or what did you say to him? What happened? He's like, nah, he dropped something. I didn't see anything. And this is one of the main characters in this documentary. He has a mustache. And he's he's the one who supplied the note to this congressman in which he shows it to Jim Jones. Are we going to play that clip Yeah, here? go for it. Yeah. So this is the— this Last is, night, 
Someone came and passed me this note. That's the congressman talking to Jim Jones. Well, that's who we're talking about. He wants to leave his son here. If Jonestown is such a bad place, why does he want to leave his son here? Doesn't it concern you, though, that, that this man, for whatever reason, one of the people in your group... People was... play games, friend. Mm. They lie. They lie. What can I do about liars? Are you people going, leave us. I just beg you, please leave us. Bill, we will bother nobody. Anybody wants to get out of here can get out of here. All right, stop it there. Yeah, so... He does have somewhat of a like a soothing, almost reassuring... In his right, voice. Yeah. I always you suspected know, him of like a fire and brimstone, wow. passionate. He's very sing songy, no. you know. Well, like and I'm sure he can be, you know, when he's probably. in the moment. But you know, that's one thing that a lot of these cult leaders have in common is that they can make somebody feel at ease, you right. know, by oh, speaking yeah. like that. And then I mean, when they do get to. up to to preach, they can have that. Let fiery me try, let me try it real quick. Here, yeah, like, go uh, for it, Brandon. Ready, go. Brandon, you look outstanding. With your mustache and beard looking great, the well, Lord you. You. praised you with such beautiful facial hair. Well, you know, I never thought about that, but I, you, you might be right. It is beautiful, matches your eyes, and just hmm. leave us, please. Hmm. Just leave us here. I swear we're not going to bother nobody. <laughs> we just want to be left alone. Okay, fine. I'll take my ball and go home then. Go home. And yeah, we're not going to kill you, like, you I swear. Make him I was, feel at ease, not I was ready him to, out. <laughs> I was ready to sign up for your cult. Yeah, see, you fucked up, man. You're bad at this. Well, yeah. that's what you have to do. You have to make him feel at ease and then kick them the fuck out, and which is what Jim Jones did, Oh, too. and then they want to come back. you got to wait till he gives you money first, and then you kick him out. That's the whole point of a fucking cult, man. Oh. He doesn't want senators. Uh, All right, so the congressman money. confronted him about the note, and he said, you know, everybody's a liar. That's also the first thing you do. Everybody's lying about you. Right, so um, we can only trust your word, right? If everybody else is lying, obviously. That, if everyone else is lying, you're the problem. I mean, just well, like, exactly. But that's I don't know. The that sounds that sounds very familiar, doesn't it? Very. I wonder familiar. what else that's <clears throat> applying to. So anyway, at that point. Uh, a member named Don Sly. What? A oh, I thought you were gonna say name. Don Schlong. <laughs> no, no, Don Sly. What a badass name that is, Don Sly. On November eighteenth, the infamous day, I guess day of infamy. Infamous. I don't know how. I should have said that better. Anyway, what, do, what was the date? Remember this. People. November eighteenth, nineteen seventy-eight. November eighteenth, oh, man. That is Don I think Sly. Came at Leo Ryan, Congressman Leo Ryan, with a motherfucking knife. Oh, yeah. And, and like, it was it was an unsuccessful attack. I think he clipped him or something, but like, cut him enough to make him bleed. He was like, he's wearing a white shirt and he was bleeding. And he's like, yep, well, this visit's done. We're the fuck out of here. It's time to go, everybody. Yeah. And so roll them up, it's fucking savages. <laughs> roll them up, kids. Yeah. <laughs> so they hop back in the in the limo and make a break to get back to the airport where there were two planes and they had took they took. As well as the news crews and everything, had 15 temple members went with them. That wanted to, that wanted to, to leave. leave. Like, voluntarily, okay? Yeah. And so Jones made no attempt to stop him. He's just like, oh, sure. You, you're free to go, he said. Her, you guys are free to go. Yeah, I don't know. Your Jim Jones is like Bane farting in a megaphone. I don't really know <laughs> what the fuck is going on with you. Because the Bane's farts sound different than anybody else's, I guess. <laughs> You sound like sexual harassment. 
Panda. Okay. Anyway, fucking. So we made no attempt to stop them, and they all get there, and they're like boarding the planes. And uh, his group of security, known as the Red Brigade, Red Brigade. Sorry, Red Brigade. Red Brigade. I mean, since he loves commies so much, like Red, obviously, right? The Red Brigade pulled up on a fucking tractor. They came in on a tractor and just started fucking opening fire on everybody. And at this point, as soon as they started, one of the temple members that was defecting pulled out a gun and started shooting. He had gone along with them with the intention of shooting everybody. And this is something that uh, Jones was telling his uh, his collection. He was saying, well, yes. I've got a guy in there. So he knew, yeah, he's he going to shoot they, everybody. They had a guy planted that his security detail was going to shoot them. He also knew that since it's a congressman, he's fucked. Yeah. Like, yeah. you now, you're a traitor. Like, this is... It's a matter of time. This is, this is not going to stand now. You're, like, <laughs> America is coming after you. And so he called everybody together while this was going on, and there's, uh, he had a tape recorder and recorded himself giving the speech as he was telling everybody, well, this is it. Like, if the plane gets off the ground, then they're going to come for us. Mm-hmm. And we're fucked. Uh, they're going to, what did he say? I wrote well, it down Well, why here. don't we... Uh... He said they're going to parachute in. On, they're going to parachute down on Do us. Do it in the Jim Jones voice. I don't... I think I, ha- I don't have a Jim Jones voice. And then parents shoot in on us. They shoot our babies. Oh. They're going to torture our children. <laughs> We're going to convert them to fascism. And everybody was so, oh, no, not fascism. We'll just all die. Like, because they have no say in the matter or something. Anyway. So he threatened that they're going to be fascists. They're gonna, and they're going to kill everybody because they're fascists. Yeah. So he convinced Sounds familiar, them, you guys? Yeah. <laughs> all right, go ahead. So he convinced them that the better way out was to do this translation that they had been practicing where they yeah. all get to do it together. He calls it a revolutionary suicide. Revolutionary oh. suicide. Remember that? Um, and and people, so he was talking, uh, one member, Christine Miller came up and tried to talk sense into everybody, but she didn't last very long. She backed down pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, other people came up and would take the mic and like praise him and Go along with it. Convince everybody that, no, we need to be doing this. And he, like, said, we need to stop the hysterics. This is not the way for people who are socialists or communists to die. This is no way for us to die. We must die with dignity. That's right. Death is just stepping over into another plane. And uh, it's a friend. Death is your friend. You were almost there when you said that. Death yeah. Stepping over into, into another, another plane. plane. <laughs> we didn't commit suicide. Plane. We committed an act of revolutionary suicide. Protest in the conditions of an inhumane world. You gotta when, put. When, the, when uh, did Jim Jones become a gay sounding man? He has a weird lisp. It's a high pitched lispy <laughs> voice, man. I don't know. Good try either way. I He's like the it. only heterosexual man in the world, though. Uh, nine, so anyway, nine fucking kids. There's a yeah. It was a 45 minute tape of him doing this, and so mothers. When if their children were too young, they took a syringe and like took the needle out, but had a syringe full of this flavor aid and would shoot it into their children, their Jesus baby's mouths, Murphy. and consume it themselves, and then would be led off to like find a spot to lay down. They lay down in and that's groups, your like last spot. Your family, your spouse, and your kids would lay with you, and you'd have your little family spot, and you'd lay there. Did you say how long, you it, died. how long it, it took effect? Took, it took five minutes for it to take effect, and it took way longer because they had one barrel, so. Mm-hmm. 
for 900 people like people they had to were stand in line to get it people were yeah. dropping dead and you're just standing there waiting for your turn so to get this watching people die what do you do if you're towards the back of the line you start seeing those they people had they like, had armed people there and anybody that made a break for it was shot that's right mm. yeah fucking a um Damn. It, it seems like bad planning on his part though right like wouldn't you want to like a like a cheers right a midnight for everybody. Cheers? he's all like okay buddy Gonna put your glass up here. We're gonna do a little bit of death shot here. You guys here's ready? Here's to you and here's to me. Here's to me mostly. If ever we should disagree, fuck you. And here's a cyanide. Say hello to the Lord. Mix with a little bit of Valium and some grape. Hey, right. when, you, when you guys go up there to see the Lord, make sure you say hi for me because I'm not going there. Tell you what. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there were. Uh, obviously some survivors from the airplane shoot. Oh, also during his speech, once he got word back that the congressman had been shot because yes. he was one of the five that died, um, he announced that. And then it was no longer if the plane leaves are going to come for us. It's like, oh, we're, we're definitely fucked. Like, it's too late. We've killed a congressman. So he says it's too late for Russia. It's too late for China. Like, they, you can't go to this communist places that they were wanting to go to. Mm. So there's no other choice. Let's listen to Jim Jones uh, and some. Where 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 does this tape from? So this is this tape is he had it going. So this was like his own recording on the stage next to him or under his chair or somewhere that they found out. Like when they came out and were going through all the bodies and everything, it was up on the stage. Why do you think he recorded all? Why do you think he recorded himself? Why do people leave notes? Uh, do you think that this was planned from the very beginning? And he oh was yeah, keep I mean, a I, as often as they like practiced this, like he knew that this was how it was going to end. I I don't think he intended it to happen at this time. Like this, he definitely was ready to do it. Yeah, but that's why they practiced it. He, Go ahead he, and put that on. Yeah, so this is his actual recording of him speaking, and you can hear the cries in the background of the I people as they're dying. My best to give you the good life. Sorry about the quality, y'all. Well, it's an old tape. Sure, a literal tape. A handful of our people, with their lives, have made our life impossible. There's no way to detach ourselves from what's happened today. Not only we're in a compound situation, not only are there those who have left and committed the betrayal of the century, the deflectors he's talking about. Stolen children from others so still saying, obviously you can't leave you. You're betrayed, you're betrayed. Children. And we, we are sitting here waiting on a powder cake. I don't think this is what we want to do with our babies. I don't think that's what we had in mind to do with our babies. We were set by the greatest of prophets from time immemorial. No man lay, takes my life from me. I lay my life down. So to, to sit here and wait for the catastrophe that's going to happen on that airplane, it's going to be a catastrophe. Yeah, see, at this point, they're still waiting here. about what happened on the airplane. He hasn't got confirmation. Can we skip forward a little bit and get to where he talks about that? I don't have that mark. But I know at, a, at the 31-minute mark, yeah, go to the 31-minute mark. So they'll pay for this. They brought this upon us. And they'll pay for that. I leave that destiny to them. How's that real quick? So this is where he's, uh, after he after he's told everybody that we've killed the congressman. Yes. Um, due to, and he, he describes he's going to ha have somebody that's one of us on the plane acting like a defector, and he's got a gun. 
and yep. he's going to shoot everybody inclu- while they're up in the sky. Shit. Right. Um, the plan but, was to do it and Meanwhile, bring the plane down. he had another group on the ground just in case they weren't off yet that he can cap them all. And uh, NBC News is there. Um, mm-hmm. The congressman is there. They're all getting ready to board the, the they plane. They were filming at the time until – so you get like a couple of seconds of the actual just a couple seconds and this is all real footage to... i recommend you guys youtube uh nbc archival footage it's of in the comments. jonestown it's in the comments so check it out uh let's uh, continue on with this tape it's just so really fucked up hearing babies crying the right to go with a child I think it's humane. And you hear the kid just dying in the background. Yep. Screaming, we don't want to do this. I don't want to see you go, though. I, they can take me and do my thing. Whatever I they don't want like grape flavored. I don't want to see you go through this. I want no apple. More. <laughs> no more, no That's punch. more of a lime. I want fruit punch. Yeah, they, they're fruit punch kind of kids. Who drinks grape? We're I love grape, by the way. The best thing you do to relax, then you have no problem. Relax. Yeah. You have no problem with you this thing if you just, just got to relax and let it happen. And then he died by gunshot. He did not take his own keyword. It was ruled a suicide, but a lot of people think he had someone do it. Right. I mean, either way, it was his doing, you know. So, I'll just kind of wrap up as this goes, you know, talk about it. So, I wanted to make sure to... Mentioned so the the people that died at the airport shootout was Leo the congressman Leo Ryan, uh, NBC's reporter Don Harris, their cameraman Bob Brown, photographer Greg Robinson, and one of the deflecting members Patricia Parks were the ones that were just to give them a little. And like I said, YouTube that archival footage, archival footage, and you'll see all this stuff. This was Do, and when they documented very discovered well. Discovered it like the flyover shot of when they. Get there for the aftermath. Oh, yes. The bodies just, just laying there? Everywhere. Let the bodies in. So, yeah, he had everybody there. The babies got the syringe. Anybody that wouldn't drink was shot. So you had uh, those two options. Either do it on your terms or get blasted. What would um what would y'all's uh, option be? Drink it or get shot? Uh, I probably- would just run. Like, there's a, a better chance of me surviving if I... Can I, run away than I drinking cyanide. If I was part of this situation, I would have to. I don't know. It, it's a tough one. Right? Like, I'd be running, run but, and hope they miss. You know. But yeah, I run in a zigzag. I don't think I'd ever be. In, I would never be in this situation, and I right. think a lot of our listeners wouldn't either. Yeah. Right, but I don't know. I mean, they. He, he didn't start out in the fifties saying, "All right, we're going to get in a cult and kill ourselves." You know. You yeah. Don't when start there. When you're presented with uh, like a paradise, like uh, we saw in that Raj uh, Rajneesh. Uh, right, the wild, wild country. Yeah, you know, you're presented with this socialist country where people, you know, are just having free fun. It's hippies, and we're, we're, we we make something, and we present it to people, and people will buy it. It's like, you know, it's it's what they what they want. It's this little paradise, and it leads always to one dictator that destroys everything. And mm-hmm. it probably would have been a, just a fine community without him being fucking crazy. Yeah, he was money-hungry from the beginning. Yes, this whole Mm -hmm. thing was to get money and get his communist message out. Yeah, and he got it out, and he got it out. (laughs) Right. He got it out. Um, So 909 people died. That's the most people that ever died. It um, it was the biggest until 9-11. It was the biggest not-natural Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Loss of life. Jesus. 
909, uh, 304 of those were children. 304? children. It's a third of them right there. Yeah. Um, four, four of them were uh, not out there. It was a mom and her three daughters, and she took them into the bathroom in their little shack or whatever, the and cabin, hid? and stabbed her two youngest <gasps> oh. to death. Had yes, her, uh, that was uh, that was in the documentary that I yeah, watched. Yeah, so she killed her two young, and then her and the oldest daughter like offed each other. Oh <sighs> shit, Jesus! So it was Murphy. a suicide, homicide, suicide thing. So there were there were those four. Other than that, it was all due to the the poisonings. How do you get to thing. that point where you're okay and with then, stabbing? Oh my so God. there were some there were some members that were sent out on an assignment. They were taking some money. To a bank to or somewhere to, like a not a bank somewhere to to get it donated to the communist party. Okay. So they weren't there when it all went down. So they came back and were like, oh, oh shit, they what? They, they, <laughs> they just stepped out for cigarettes and came it, back and everybody's dead. And then there was one uh, one uh, lady was too elderly and didn't hear the announcement to come and was like napping. So she woke up after the oh, after the fact and came outside. She Fucking. So yeah. there was a thrive, then there was another guy that caught on and like hid under a building, and pre- like well, uh, like next to like I think they were raised or something under mm-hmm. the porch or whatever, but hung out there until it was all done. So there were two survivors that were there, and then the three that were out on the money mission. Um, Jim Jones had seven point. Three million dollars, I think, seven point three or seven point eight million dollars, and he insisted that it all be donated to the Communist Party. He had a lot of people write notes, and they were found with notes next to their corpse, saying, "This wow. is my will. Donate everything I have to the Communist Party. Wow. Make sure that none of my children get any of this. I want it all." And they had signed it and had two witnesses sign it. So, like, as people were laying there dying from the poison they just drank, he was having them. I need sign, another signature. He's having them write their last, like the last thing they do before they die is to give over everything they have to Jesus the Communist Lord, Party. Communist Party. God, how damn. are they doing these days? I well, he's a nut. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how that. So, up. so there we go. That is the Jonestown fucking ordeal. And uh, so I guess we can't really compare that to Christianity since he never actually was religious and definitely bashed. Like he, but he, he used would, it, though, he would, for that. Yes. But he would start, uh, like, especially after they moved out to Jonestown and he just was really anti-Christianity. He would, like, hold up the Bible and say, I've got to free people from this paper idol. And, like, Christianity was a way to make uh, the sheep the masses into sheep and like so I don't know that we can really compare this to the religion that it's based off of when it really was about tearing down the religion that it was <laughs> branched off of so not the best I guess for our religious cult comparison but still report, still report great on report on Jonestown fucking, like, well, yeah. it's something y'all should absolutely know about it is part of American history and something that it's devastating. Nine hundred people died, uh, and plus. And well, yeah, nine hundred or nine there, five at the airport. Uh, oh yeah, especially in his attack on the Americans when he did that. When he Shot officially killed someone that's an elected official. Is that classified as domestic terrorism? I would assume. He's a terrorist. 
and uh, he's a nut. So he definitely is a nut. Beat me to it. Well, thank you so much, Nick, for yeah. another episode and explain. So let us know which cult you guys want next. We were told to do Jonestown first, so. Yeah, by request, we did Jonestown. So if you guys got one you're interested in, give us a holler. We'll uh, break it down. So in the meantime, we're going to finish up this uh, episode this with a little episode. bit of news. Let's lighten the mood a bit. With Nick and we come in at you, coming with the We've got the news. We've got the news. We've got the news. Welcome to the news. This is uh, the one and only uh, news that I have for the day. Because I just want to keep it light. I want it to be fun. So here's a little song by who? Randy Rogers Band. And I must say, it's a pretty good song. Not shitty at all. Is it? It's not human music. It's not human music, but it's definitely a good song. I like it. Anyways, what's the name of this song here, Nick? This song is Kiss Me in the Dark. Kiss Me in the Dark. And one thing I heard you always parody, you're always saying... Kiss me where I fart. Kiss me where I fart. Uh, you can go and cut that song now. <laughs> Kiss so, me where I fart. I thought it was funny that I came across this here, uh, dated June 5th. And the headline goes as this, and it comes from, um, I, I forget. Ontario. It's not here. Uh, but it says, teacher who said, lick me where I fart, pleads guilty <laughs> to misconduct again. Again. And can still get job back. How about that? Lick me where I fart. It's a little different than what you're saying, but man, I didn't tell you it's what. It's pretty damn close. Uh, she was saying, lick me where I fart. And it's a teacher, by the way. We said that in the, the headline, and I thought we could throw it up because you're a teacher as well there, Nick. And yeah, it, I would never tell my students to, to lick me where I fart, though. Yeah, that's gross. And you could be, you know, fired. Uh, let's see. I'm going to read you this. should be fired. You should be. A teacher who grabbed a lot of headlines years ago for allegedly uttering such lines as lick me where I fart, grow some balls, and it sounds like your ass cheeks are too close together. She pleaded guilty to professional misconduct again on Monday at a hearing before the Ontario College of Teachers Disciplinary Committee. So uh, when she said lick me, lick me where I fart, if you look that up, teacher who said lick me where I fart, that happened in 2016. Uh, she got... She got in trouble for it, but got her job back because we need teachers, right? We need these kind of teachers. These kind of teachers, huh? <laughs> but she got her job back, and she's in trouble again. What'd she say this time? She pleaded guilty. So uh, let's see. The OCT, which is the Ontario College of Teachers website, containing the file of Jennifer Green Johnson, details her disciplinary history and shows that on June 4, 2018, she pleaded guilty to professional misconduct again, resulting in the suspension of her teacher's license for two months and a reprimand. The website information reflects that her status is suspended. On June 4th, uh, 2018 member found guilty of professional misconduct says uh, certificate of qualification and register. Uh, okay, they just keep repeating this kind of shit. Other disciplinary action has been taken against Green Johnson before. She was found guilty of the same thing, professional misconduct, when she told a student to lick her asshole, essentially. Which is uh, pretty ballsy. And she's like, uh, here is a picture of her. Um, you know, blue collar gal. Can you imagine that coming out of her? I'll show no. this to the camera there. She's like, 
Lick me where I fart. So would lick you guys where lick I her where uh, where she farts? Is I mean, she? If she if, I mean, I'm not gonna say no. Go. You never know. She might be cool. She had a really good personality. Uh, doc- it depends. Is she farting during, or am I just? Because it's not. Well, lick- she usually charges not, extra for that. It's not lick me while I fart. It's just where. Well, yeah, it's just lick you where you fart. Right. It's like uh, bloodhound gangs. You know, Very kiss important. me where I smell funny. Right. 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 <laughs> Which Doc- is everywhere on those guys, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Documents show that Green Johnson was also accused of saying a host of other inappropriate things during 2015-2016 school year. To a student who brought coffee to class, she'd say, get that fucking thing out of here. To a student, you're a bloody pedophile. To the class, it's a debate. or It's debate, not masturbate. To a student, or about a student, she said, that student would stare at my daughter's ass. And to a student who offered muffins for a passing grade, I'd be able to shit for a week because all that fiber. Oh, <laughs> She's just wow. a crass southern woman, it sounds yeah. like. But it's, yeah, it's, but it's um, in Canada. It's in Canada. <laughs> hey, I had, a, I had an algebra southern teacher. Canadians. <laughs> I had an algebra teacher in, uh, I guess I was probably a sophomore she uh she got she got a four day vacation for referring to a student as a black brat. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, what's a di- yeah. like, okay? I don't know. I just thought it's probably. I just wonder if they knew each other. Like they're just very <laughs> vulgar and have. But I mean, she she got her job back. She came back after that four day vacation. All right, <laughs> she came back. Well, okay. Uh, despite the OCT lawyer. And her statement that uh, the reprimand was a serious consequence. Green Johnson will be able to get her job back after the suspension is up, and she takes anger management courses. It also wasn't her first run-in with disciplinary panel. Uh, she knew it was serious. She says it, but she says she doesn't give a fuck. Sue me. Uh, that's the fucking news for today. What do you guys think about that story there, man? That's awesome. She's a fucking ballsy gal. She's sick of uh, taking shit from kids, man. You guys would get it if you were teachers. I get it. I, kids are stupid, man. I mean, I've wanted to say things like that to kids before, but right. But you just you know that you. Here's can't. the thing: if you want to be a substitute teacher, go to Ottawa. It seems like you can say whatever the <laughs> fuck you want to kids and get a two two month suspension, and you're back to where you're back to work. Yeah. Say fuck you and lick me and lick my balls in my nut hole. All right. Yeah. My nut hole. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right, that's it. All right. Hey, guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Emergency Exit. If you guys like our content, please check us out on iTunes. Give us a five-star rating or whatever star rating. Give us a rating. Give us a sort of a, uh, type down some stuff you guys like to say. We'll read it on, on the air. If you guys have any emails you want to holler at us, emergencyexitpodcast at gmail.com. Check out Nick Ryder on Twitter at RyderGuitar. And check me out at That's Right Los. And check... Um, Brandon out at uh, flying fly- zombie. Flying fly zombie. the letter in zombie. Fly in zombie. Yeah. And uh, while you're at it, give a uh, friend us. Uh, follow us at E M E X Pod. What are we doing next week, guys? Any ideas? We'll have something ready for you guys. Yeah. Don't you worry. That's a future us problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Some things that you've learned from today. Don't uh, drink the Kool-Aid. As you've heard that expression before, this this is where it comes from. Except they got it all wrong. Exactly. So it's still okay to drink the Kool-Aid. 
Either way, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Tell your friends about our show. We need your listens. We're going to be featured on Podbeam here real soon. We might get an uptick in, in viewers. Either way, you guys are our favorite. You're the best. So, for Nick the Passion Rider, for Brandon the Hard Hat Mitchell, I'm no saying. That's right. Where I fart. Throw some balls. Alright, we're cutting.